0: Hello and welcome to the Two Ball Brothers and a Microphone podcast. This is your co-host Danny Ryan. I'm here with Tommy. Tommy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I've got awesome. some rain
1: finally. I never thought I'd say that, but it didn't
0: <laughs> rain again. Yeah, no. You've got some rain to feed all of your crops. Your, uh, what, what do you have, 100 acres going on now? <laughs>
1: uh, 6,000 square feet is, is my starting point.
0: Oh, nice. Very nice. Awesome. And uh, so you are, what are you doing now? Pre- you're just prepping the garden or what, what, what sort of stage are you in with that right now?
1: Yeah, there's a section that I actually am growing something on, a smaller like 25 by 20 section. And then I've got a, a 120 by 50 foot section that I've plowed and uh-huh. I, I'm going to lay irrigation that this weekend and then plant maybe this weekend or next weekend
0: lay Uh, irrigation yes (laughs) you're getting serious man um i don't mess around (laughs) so go
1: big or go home go big
0: or go home i love it i love it so this is a part um d part two of our book um discussion on the servant uh, from the author is James C. Hunter. And last time we had such a good time, we sort of went long with it, so we decided to break it up into two parts. And we left off on, um, on chapter two, we were just uh, discussing, the last part of this was discussing about um, relationships, and they're so important to organizations in life, what's the most important ingredient, and we discussed that trust mm-hmm. is the most important ingredient. So in chapter two, let's pick, uh, pick up with that, and this is using a good old Covey word, which is paradigm, um, and he's describing what the old paradigm is. And so, as I mentioned, this is about a, um, uh, a gentleman who goes on to, to a retreat and is meeting with someone who used to be in the business life uh, uh, named Simeon. And they're meeting up um, in the mornings uh, before everything gets uh, started for the day. And this is, uh, it starts off with a conversation between the two of them. And one part of it is uh, the guy's pretty, uh, pretty upfront. So it says, um, this is Simeon talking. It says, oh, oh yes, John, I, I've noticed that you don't listen very well. What do you mean? I asked defensively. I've always thought of myself as a pretty good listener. Yesterday morning when we met in your room, you cut me off mid-sentence, no less than three times. Now, my ego can handle that, John, but I'm afraid some of the messages that you send to the people you are leading is that uh, is the messages you send to people that you are leading. When you cut them off like that, haven't others told you about this bad habit you've developed? Um, And he sort of goes into this and he says um, that the key of this is your feelings of respect. He basically says to him, you know, I respect you. And he's saying, you know, your feelings of respect must be aligned with your actions of respect. And so that was an important part of getting started with this chapter. And then sort of to jump um, forward to this, he, um, let me draw a visual for you as best as I can. Um, If you think of a pyramid and the old paradigm is the pyramid and sort of using military terms, you have the CEO or general at the top, and then underneath that you have the vice president with the colonels in the um, in the case of uh, military. Then underneath them you have the middle managers and the captains and lieutenants, and then under that you have supervisors, the sergeants, and this is sort of building out the base of of the pyramid. You have employee employees, or as we like to call them associates, and then you have grunts or troops uh, for the military. Um, Concept. Uh, then underneath that, they have the the. No,
1: we don't cus- call
0: people grunts. <laughs> I don't know what you call me behind my back. No, I know what you call me. Um, uh, the then underneath that, you have the customer, which is often thought of in the military sense. It's thought of as the enemy, and so that's the old paradigm. And what we're moving towards, or the new paradigm, is flipping the pyramid. So as you can imagine, you're just Flipping it over, where at the top is the customer, and uh, the next uh, layer is the associates, uh, otherwise what some people call the employees. Then you have the supervisors, then the middle managers, then the vice presidents, the CEO, and that you know basically they're supporting those roles, um, and so it's changing over to to thinking more of the new paradigm versus the old paradigm and there's discussion with this as well about sort of the um how does this relate to uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and a discussion about that then sort of jumping into the the third chapter um which is really gets into the sort of the what i would classify as the uh, some real good meat in the book um
1: yeah before you jump into one kind of analogy that for- one thing that we have as a practice within Freewill is the whole idea of not having bosses but sponsors. Because I think when you think of bo- bosses, you think of the the traditional pr- pyramid and then when you think of sponsors and the way we like to talk about sponsors, it's flipped that other way around where the sponsor is serving the sponsee and um, enabling them to be successful. So. Um, that's a concept I think we like to you know, practice here, which is servant leadership, but that's also um, reinforced organizationally all the way through, and what's interesting is it's not necessarily a pyramid, it's almost almost a very flat uh, rectangle in a sense, mm-hmm. that it, and it's a matrix of you know, people sponsoring each other based on where they are in their growth and what kind of support they need. And it doesn't necessarily fall in that pecking order of seniority as much as, does this person have something to offer for mm-hmm. that other person?
0: Awesome. The next, uh, in chapter three, it's, um, it's entitled The Model. And um, one of the things he writes up on the board is, intentions minus actions equals squat. And then intentions plus actions equal will. Um, so there's a quite a discussion on uh, one of our favorite words, which is will. And um, they he gets into the what the leadership model looks like. Um, so the servant leadership model. Um, and if you can take, if we sort of pick back up with that upside down pyramid, uh, the leadership model is you have leadership at the top, authority underneath that. Underneath authority is service and sacrifice. Underneath service and sacrifice is love, and then underneath love is the will. So let me let me pick out a couple of and this was uh, I've got a star by this one, so I know it's important when I read it, which is um, uh, one of the ladies does a you know is really smart in the, the, the in the class that they're in, and she she often tries to summarize, basically to listen to what's been said and feed it back to Simeon. And she says, uh, let me see if I can summarize what I've learned. Um, Leadership begins with the will, which is our unique ability as human beings to align our intentions with our actions and choose our behavior. With the proper will, we can choose to love the verb which is about identifying and meeting the legitimate needs, not wants, of those we lead. When we meet the needs of others, we will, by definition, be called upon to serve and even sacrifice. When we serve and sacrifice for others, we build authority or influence the law, the law of the harvest. When we build authority with people, then we have earned the right to be called leader. Boy, un- unpack that one.
1: <laughs> I think at the end of the day, you're not a leader unless you have a follower. Um, mm-hmm. I think you can have a sense of, quote, power with a title. And um, but at the end of the day, if there's no one following you, you're, you're really not a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've tried to encourage that organizationally, really de-emphasizing titles and not getting caught up in titles and we do have them Uh, it's something that i think um, you know from a a social norm that people want to see and experience they want to see having a title that um, at the end of the day indicates there's a responsibility there and we like to focus more on the responsibility and uh, i think if people are doing their jobs well and, and as a leader, you know, doing things that serve others, that uh, creates that sense of caring, I, I think people want to follow people that care for them um, and have a kind of a role in an organization that is about organizing around things and getting things accomplished as a team. Um, good leaders, I think, in our organization are people that really care a lot and are organized around how they care. to rally a group of people to get something accomplished mm-hmm. um, and that comes in our area of you know, what is your role in the company what are you doing are you are you helping um, with getting us organized around technology around the people in the organization around our sales around our marketing around our finances um, and the people that combine that that role um, and responsibility with a sense of care and um, I think naturally start growing as leaders in our organization. Mm-hmm. That's my <laughs> quick um kind of feedback of the way I uh, kind of get a sense of what is leadership and how's that applied in our environment.
0: Just to pick back up on, again, picking one of the sentences out of what I just read, because that leads us into the next chapter, chapter four. Um, with the proper will, we can choose to love the verb, which is about identifying and meeting the legitimate needs, not wants of those we lead. And then the, the it wraps the chapter up with it seems to me that leadership boils down to a simple four four word job description, identify and meet needs. So often you think of needs as, you know, um, and, and needs is it's, it's, a it's, a, it's not just the physical needs. It's the emotional needs. It's what, you know, <laughs> it's, it's beyond. So part of this is, um, is, is trying to identify within your organization. What are, what are those, um, needs that are, are contained within that organization? And, you know, you, I think part of this with, um, trying to understand what type of environment we're creating is what within three will um what are those needs and and uh and trying to identify and make sure that those needs are are being met um and i think that a lot of that keeps is am i happy and is this a right environment for me to be in and I, i think some of those things is um you know is 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 uh Recognize, you know, I think, I think a core um, emotional need is people want to be recognized and feel have other people feel grateful for them. And so this whole emotional need of other people recognizing when I'm doing something good and, uh, you know, I think some of the things we do inside of Three Will um, are to meet that core emotional need.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, what first comes to mind when you say that um, to recognize that someone's, contribution and we have a channel within our team uh, in the cafe which is praise and Mm -hmm. uh, i think it mentally draws the attention that we value that and it's a little tickler to say when there's an opportunity to catch someone doing a great thing let's make sure we praise them and Mm -hmm. so much easier to follow up from some negative thing that occurs And, and that know you have to do in certain situations that are important to um protect the customer's situation and you know preserve the the value that you're providing but at the end of the day um it's it's i think where you get the needle moves as an organization is catching people doing the right thing if you want to reinforce and feel like okay when i do that that gets recognized and so i want to do more of that um and so yeah that's that's what comes to mind there's something else you were talking about earlier i would come back to me but um okay. I'll, I'll just make a note yeah,
0: yeah sure if it comes yeah. back up just yeah. so the next um the next uh, chapter is called the verb and it's talking about the love and leadership um so this is you know this isn't you know this is um has aspects of this that uh, the, where they're pulling in, and here they're talking about well, what's the definition of love? What is love? And, you know, um, and so I th- I th- this is a, this is pretty interesting stuff here. Um, you know, the the place where you typically hear where love is defined is at every almost every wedding you go to. You know, First Corinthians chapter 13. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It's not puffed up or arrogant. It does not behave un- unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It does not take into account the wrong suffer. Uh, suffer. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And then he asks, what quality what um, does this list of qualities sound familiar to you? And then if you remember from our last discussion uh, that we had, Tommy, um, it, it's, it, you know, this guy says, yeah, it sounds a lot like that list of leadership qualities we came up with last Sunday. So when we're going through that and he sort of paraphrases phrases the passage into bullet points, which is it's love is patient, it's kind, uh, love is uh, kindness, excuse me, it's humility, it's respectfulness, It's selflessness, it's forgiveness, it's honesty and it's commitment. And then, you know, so he's, so he sort of draws this out and he, he, uh, goes into a a discussion of what agape love is. And, um, he's got a nice little table here where he says authority and leadership. And he goes through and, and basically shows, um, the similarities, uh, between leadership and love. Um, and so with agape love, it's patience, kindness, humility, respectfulness, selflessness, forgiveness, honesty, and commitment. With authority and leadership, uh, you're honest and trustworthy. You're a good role model. You're caring, you're commit committed. You're a good listener. You held people accountable. You treat people with respect. You gave people encouragement. Your positive, enthusiastic attitude—you appreciated people, um, and then he sort of goes through and describes, basically, you know, drawing how this definition of love and the verb is uh, a lot of the characteristics of what a, a great leader is.
1: Yeah, and I, I think what's sometimes difficult is looking at um, those touchy-feely parts of. Of leadership, and I think um, you know, the the genuine nature of a leader comes out in, in the stressful times. You know, or do you have that patience and that kindness um, when it comes to you know things that don't go so well? And uh, that that's where leadership gets tested, and where someone feels like there's um, authentic kindness. There um, is when kindness comes. Underneath stress, um, because you know anyone can fake kindness. Um, true kindness is going to come when you know you're in a crossroad that is going to naturally frustrate you, naturally get your emotions going, and and then someone sees, okay, how do you really feel <laughs> about me mm-hmm. when push comes to shove? Yep. and you see that, you know, you see that at work, you see that you know in your personal life with family and friends and. and and that's what I think people will keep their eye out and say okay does this person really care for me Um, and I'll find that out when I really when I do something wrong or do something that stresses the situation Mm -hmm. um, I always try to remind myself you know when it comes to the tough situations is to say you know what what do I want to represent Uh, what's important to come away with and Sometimes you have to lose things, you know, in that process. Where you might lose business, you might, you know, lose um, certain opportunities um, for even growth. Um, and you say, okay, you know, this is I've got to sacrifice that because at the end of the day, I, I want to be true to you know caring about that person and show that, in the even in the tough times. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I was thinking about before is when you were talking about need, you know, addressing the need, Um, I think for folks to be happy in an organization, um, we talk about the intersection of people's skill and passion to a business need. And and that can be a business need, could be an organizational need. And so people want to feel connected to this makes a difference. Um, And you, you see in larger companies Um, people start getting disconnected from, you know, are they truly needed, or are they just a a cog in the wheel, and um, at the end of the day, they can just be replaced with the the next, you know, cog, and and so a lot of energy we put around the organization is trying to get a sense of what are people passionate about and trying to attract that business need It's not always as clean as you like it, and uh, you know, trying to balance, okay, and recognize that here are opportunities for us to really help people because, you know, we care about process, we care about leveraging technology to increase collaboration within organizations, and we've got good skill around that. Let's continue to try to hone what does that look like, and as technology changes, you know, trying to understand how do we attach ourselves to the right kind of pains and organizations that we can continue to be passionate about? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's difficult is you're, you can be skilled at, at a much larger set of things and where you try to balance it out is finding where's that passion and where are their true business needs that we can apply our skills. And um, what I find and, and I think we do it even today to a certain degree is there are opportunities where we've got the skill and there's a business need and we don't quite have the passion. And sometimes you have to play it out. You know, sometimes you don't know your passion about it until you do it for a while and get a sense for, is this something that i you know, feel like I can do very well and, and make a difference. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that passion emerges out of that where maybe you don't think you want to do a certain type of say practice um, but after you do it for a while and you find that you're you're helping people and you're using your skills and you start seeing the vision of this makes a difference um, sometimes passion will emerge where you don't have it before so those are some of my thoughts <laughs> <laughs> great stuff tommy
0: so um the, the so he goes through each one of the sort of the aspects of love and what, the one that I wanted to call out was humility because I know we we talk a lot about humility and he says humbleness um he says uh, an anonymous uh, spiritual teacher uh once wrote um humbleness is nothing more than true a true knowing of yourself and your limitations Those who see themselves as they truly are would surely be humbled indeed. Humility is about being real and authentic with people and discarding the false masks. Um, yeah, the more, the more I think about humility, the more, you know, and again, it's describing, uh, if you're truly going to, um, love and serve another person humility has got to be is an aspect of that right Mm -hmm. it just seems like it has to be an aspect of that and so he goes through all of the different other you know selflessness forgiveness um and and all of the other characteristics of agape love um and then the sort of the to get to the end of this and then it looks like we will have a, a part three of this Um, is he goes through and each of those aspects and uh, he has sort of a table that he um, calls love and leadership and um, he goes through and his his patience is uh, showing self-control kindness is giving attention appreciation and encouragement humility is being authentic without pretense or arrogance respectfulness is treating others as important people Selflessness is meeting the needs of others. Forgiveness is giving up resentment when wrong. Honesty is being free from a deception. Commitment is sticking to your choices. Results, service, and sacrifice is setting aside your own wants and needs, seeking out the greatest good for others. And then it sort of wraps up with. Um, so what I'm hearing you say, is, Simeon, is that love, the verb, could be defined as the acts or acts of extending yourself to others by identifying and meeting their legitimate needs. Would that be close? He says, beautiful, Kim. Anything uh, last minute things to add to this?
1: No, Danny. Thank you. Appreciate you sharing. Um, your Cliff Notes this is my favorite way to read materials. <laughs> Absolutely. Or the audio book. <laughs> so this is kind of a mix of the audio book that's, uh, of the Cliff Notes yeah <laughs> absolutely
0: so um the next part uh, that we will discuss um is chapter five and that is uh, the environment so we'll get into the environment um and it starts off with a quote from uh, bill hewlett hewlett of hewlett-packard uh, men and women want to do a good job if they are provided with a proper environment they will do so And so we'll pick back up with part three next time. Thanks again, Tommy, for taking the time to do this. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time when we cover part three. Bye-bye.